0: Pastor Francis, thank you, worship team. Come on, let's just encourage them. Thank you for leading us into a wonderful time of worshipping God this morning. And a very good morning to all of you. It's it's so good to see each and one of you on this Sunday morning. And uh, so good to see familiar faces after being away for about a week. And uh, you know, yesterday, yesterday was the last day of Chinese New Year. And uh, so it is time to get back to healthy living, huh? I believe all the makan makan is over, all the mandarin orange, all the bakwan is over. And I hope and believe that Chinese New Year has been good to all of us, uh, even though we, we, we see the news of the virus you know, going around here and there. Uh, but I hope Chinese New Year has been good to all of you. That you had a good time of catching up with your relatives, uh, your friends. And uh, for those of you, I believe that you have received all the ang paus that you want to receive. That she have given all the uncles that she want to give as well, yeah. And uh, this morning, this morning, especially for this year, this year 2020, our church is continuing on the theme of building legacy. And particularly for this year, we want to focus on building a legacy of discipleship. We want to be disciples. We want to be soul winners. We want to be disciples who make disciples. And part of building a legacy of discipleship is the word of god and so for the month of february we are focusing we are emphasizing on the word and i believe last week pastor yiming has started us with a message on the legacy of the word and so today we will be continuing on that and i would like to title this morning's message or rather this morning's teaching as the word the word would you all pray with me even as we look to the word of god this morning thank you jesus father we thank you for the moments that we share around your Word. Lord, it's through these moments that we see your plans for us, we see who you are. Holy Spirit, you are our greatest teacher. So give us a mind to understand, our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and the faith to believe. So Lord, we thank you, we commit the rest of this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now how many of you uh, this morning have been asked about the Bible before. You know, people have come to you and whether is it your family members or whether is it your friends, you know, they have come to you and asked you about the Bible, you know, such as, uh, what is the Bible about? You know, why do you believe uh, in the Bible, you know, something along those lines. And so just a show of hands, if you have been asked those questions before, or perhaps you have asked those questions, or even perhaps even right now you are asking those questions, can I show of hands if anyone have approached you and asked you bring this topic? Okay, quite a number of hands. Yep, quite a number of hands. Thank you very much. And you know, I remember one of the nights, uh, my son, my eldest son, uh, came to me and asked me a very big question. You know, and my son uh, knows some of the Bible stories. He, he knows about Noah and the flood. He knows about Joseph and his, uh, his brothers. Uh, he definitely knows David and Goliath, always taking down a giant. Uh, he knows about Daniel, Linus, Dan, the birth of Christ. And of course, because we are Pentecost, he definitely knows Pentecost as well. Uh, and so, one night, after reading him a Bible story, uh, Dom asked me a question. No, Papa, Papa, why are there so many stories in the Bible? Wow, very big question for a two and a half year old, okay? Uh, why are there so many Bible stories? Why are there so many stories in the Bible? And I knew the answer, but at the time, it was quite late at night, and you know, we were about to sleep, and uh, my mind is a little bit foggy, and I was caught off guard, and I couldn't answer him, or, or rather I would say, I couldn't give him an answer that was theologically appropriate for his age, you know, his two and a half years uh, mentality. So I just told him, well... Uh, the stories are there because you know, God wants to tell us something. God wants to tell us something. And Dom was quite satisfied with the answer. And uh, he, he, he didn't press on further, nor did he ev- bring it up ever again. But for me, thinking back about it, I am super not satisfied with the answer that I gave him. Because the answer that I gave him doesn't do justice to the Word of God. You know, it feels like I'm just giving him a little slice of icing from the cake. Not even the cake itself. Just a tiny little slice of icing from the cake. And I'm not sure about you, but in the past, when people asked me about the Bible, uh, you know, sometimes after the conversation I had with them, I feel like I have watered down the Bible and I have inadequately presented the Bible to them. You no, know, have you ever felt that way when you in a conversation we will and then sometimes you answer them? You no, know, it feels like, ah yeah, did we really answer properly? Did we give them a solid answer? Or or it's a little bit, you know, shaky and all. And so this morning, to help all of us today, to help us give a better answer to anyone who asks us about the Bible, and to help us understand the Bible better for ourselves. Uh, We're going to answer a couple of questions. In fact, we're going to be looking at four big questions. And so the first question we're going to ask is, what is the Bible? Okay, what is the Bible? And the second question is, what makes the Bible our foundation of faith? What makes it our guide? What makes it our weapon? Or rather, what makes the Bible the Word of God? Now, this question is based on last week's message, uh, which Pastor Yiming shared. If you missed that message, you may head over to our website uh, and listen to the podcast uh, online. Okay? And the third question we want to address this morning is, why should I believe the Bible? Or rather, why should you believe the Bible? And of course, last but not least, how should I respond to the Word of God? Alright, so that's what we're going to do today. So, first question. What is the Bible? What is the Bible? Okay. Some say that the Bible is God's love letter to us. You know, some say it's a bunch of stories compiled together. Uh, some say it's history that has been recorded for us, particularly history about the Jewish race, and it has been recorded for us in a nice, concise manner. Uh, now, this morning, we're not going to debate on what is what, but we're going to discover some general knowledge about the Bible. Uh, on Friday, I believe in your live cells, you have gone through some brief history of how the Bible came about, yeah, and you know, how it was transcripted, how it was written and copied from the original translations into the many, many translations that we have today. And this morning, We're going to do a short Bible quiz about some general knowledge of the Bible. And I need all of your participation, okay? I need all of your help uh, along with this Bible quiz. And uh, this is just a short Bible quiz. The real Bible quiz is happening in the middle of March on the book of Daniel. This is just a uh, heads up, okay? So that you know what's happening. Okay, so at this moment, can I have everyone to stand to your feet? Come. Can I have everyone to stand to your feet? Uh, if you are able to and we're going to do some statements we're going to go through some statements we're going to go through some questions and as we are going through them if you do not know the statement or if you do not know the answer to the question you may kindly take a seat, alright? If you got the answer wrong, you may also uh, sit down as well, okay? Now this, just to clarify, okay? This is not to embarrass anyone and say, ah, you don't know the Bible, okay? No, no, this this is not to embarrass anyone, but this is just to see how much we know generally about the Bible and church. Let's be honest about it, okay? you are in church, let's be honest, huh? And uh, so, the first one, uh, the first statement, let's take a look at it. The Bible consists of the Old and New Testament, if you do not know this please sit down okay 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 great you all know this okay uh now you, you we may laugh at this matter but uh seriously some people may not know that the bible consists of the old and new testament especially if they have only been reading from the bible app because the bible app does not break down the old and new testament is just one long list of books the various books of the bible and, and all okay and uh, just so you know the word testament means covenant or formal agreement between two or more parties okay so in this case it is a covenant between god and mankind god and us okay so the first step, so the first one the bible consists of the old testament uh, next question how many books are there in the bible if you did not answer 66, please sit down. Ah, okay. Yes, I see some people, okay? If you do not answer 66, please sit down, okay? If you do not know, it's okay, okay? Don't have to be embarrassed about it. So, you say 66. Next question. How many books are there in the Old Testament? How many books are there in the New Testament? Okay, think about it, okay? Don't shut answer. Think about it. How many books are there in the Old Testament? How many books are there in the New Testament? If you say 66 books, how many? Is it 33, 33? Ah. The Old Testament has 39 books. Uh, Old Testament, 39 books. New Testament, 27 books. Okay, I I see more people sitting now. And um, just so you know, the Old Testament was written in two languages it was written in Hebrew and it was written in Aramaic. And the New Testament was written in ancient Greek. It it was not written in the English vernacular like what we have today. Okay, Uh, next statement Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are known as the Gospels. Okay, excellent. Okay, good. You all know this. Okay, Um, next one. A little bit more tough, a bit. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and the majority of Deuteronomy were written by Moses. Ah, okay, yes, okay. Yes, some people know. Okay, and the last one. The last one, the last one. The most challenging of it all is who is the author of the book of Hebrews? Ah, who is the author of the book of Hebrews? Who is the author of the book of Hebrews? If you answered Paul you are neither right nor wrong. Because the author of Hebrews didn't reveal himself or herself. Ah, so it's a trick question. Okay, thank you. Maybe sit down. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for participation. Ah, okay, so there's, there's uh, some general knowledge about the Bible. And this leads us to the next question, a very important question, okay? What makes the Bible the Word of God? what makes the bible the word of god what makes scripture the word of god and to sum it up there's about three answers that i could give uh, to all of us this morning and the first one is that the bible is inspired the bible is inspired everybody say me inspired okay and second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 to 17 can we all read it together at the country one two three all scripture is god-breathed and useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of god may be thoroughly equipped for every good work and 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 what does it mean when paul says that all scripture is god-breathed the original translation for the word god-breathed means Inspired by God, it means due to the inspiration of God. You know, some scholars say that it's literally the breath of God, and so when we find the power of the breath of God for divine inspiration throughout the Bible, you know, say for instance in Genesis chapter two, God breathed the breath of life into Adam. Uh, we also find in John chapter twenty, Jesus breathed on his disciples, and he and he said. Receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. Uh, again, can we all read about the uh, scripture together with me at the country? 1, 2, 3. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. It is important for us to note that in the context of 2 Peter, the word prophecy does not mean predicting the future or future events. But rather, the word prophecy here, again in its original translation, means a word spoken or given from divine inspiration. So church, we can safely and we can surely say that all scripture is God-breathed and the words come from God. They were inspired by God. In other words, the word of God is not of human origin, but originates from God Himself. So number one, the Bible is inspired. Number two, the Bible is infallible. The Bible is infallible. Everybody say to me infallible. First uh, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. Uh, at the count of three, can we read this? One, two, three. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. It means that every single word of the original manuscript, every single dot, every single stroke is given by God and they are not just mere ideas being conveyed. It is God-given. Man didn't come up with some ideas on morality or some uh, way of living. It was God who guided the many authors to write in such manner and to write with such unity. It was birthed by God. It was given by God. Therefore, the Bible is infallible. It is inerrant. There is no error in the Word of God. Have you ever noticed the themes that are found throughout the books of the Bible? Now, throughout the 66 books of the Bible, they all carry that one foundational, they all, re- ca- they all carry that one same message, which is God's redemption plan for mankind, God's restoration plan for mankind. Just think about it. If it was man-made, if it was made up by men, there is no way for all the authors in that era where there was no WhatsApp, there was no Facebook, there was no email, there was no SMS, there was no way for all of them to be so united in their message. And keep in mind, all the authors were from different background and profession. They were shepherds, they were farmers, they were tent makers, they were physicians, uh, fishermen, prophets, priests, philosophers, kings. Wow! And it was written across three continents. Asia, Africa, and Europe. And yet, they all carry that same theme, the theme of redemption and restoration. So church, it has to be God. The Bible has to originate from God because who else could orchestrate such harmony from Genesis all the way to Revelation? So what makes the Bible the Word of God? Number one, it is inspired Number two, it is infallible. And number three, the Bible is authoritative. The Bible is authoritative. Would you say with me, authoritative? The Bible tells us what to believe and we must let the Bible determine our thoughts and our actions. Uh, Earlier on, we read in 2 Timothy 3 verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, and this is also the golden verse for the month of February. And uh, can we read it all together? Hebrews chapter 4 uh, verse 12, at the count of one, two, three. 1, 2, 3. For the word of God is alive and active Sharper than any double-aged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The Bible, it contains everything we need to know about God in order to have a right relationship with Him. It reveals who God is to us. It reveals His nature. It reveals His characteristics to, to us. The Bible provides direction. The Bible gives us examples and also mistakes of the various individuals which we can learn from for our lives. The Bible is the standard rule for all other teaching. It is the ultimate authority for faith and living. As Pastor Meng said last week, we cannot live based on feelings and emotions that changes every now and then. We cannot live on a standard of morality that fluctuates and that is subjective based on every individual. Come on, church, that is not the way to live. We live based on something that is constant, something that is unchangeable through the season. That is the Word of God. The Word of God is alive and able to instruct and encourage and rebuke us. It trains us in His ways and equips us for good works. The Word of God is trustworthy and will never fail to accomplish its purpose. Therefore, the Bible is the Word of God. And so we come to the third question of the day, and I believe this is the most important question of it all. The third question is, why should I believe the Word of God? Why? Should I believe the Word of God? Why should you believe the Word of God? And church, this is something serious for us to consider because of the day and age that we are living in. You know, we are living in a time where everyone and anyone, regardless of their background, regardless of their status, they can come up with an idea or a thought or even a suggestion and make claim that it is inspired or given by a higher authority or deity and say that it is a way of life. In fact, people nowadays can even publicise their ideas and thoughts on social media. And straight away, they would gain some traction and they would gain some audience who would follow them. So this is a very important question for us to ask. Why should I believe the Word of God? Why should you believe the Word of God? And of course, the answer is yes, we should definitely believe the Word of God and it is simply because of the resurrection of Christ. Full stop. It is simply because of the resurrection of Christ. The resurrected Christ validates our entire Bible. Let me say that again. The resurrected Christ validates our entire Bible. I say that it is the resurrection of Christ and not His death because everyone of us here on planet earth, we will die. That is the reality of life. We will all die. Our physical body will grow old, we will decay and death of our physical body is inevitable. So death is nothing uncommon but the resurrection of Christ changes the entire picture. Church, without the resurrection of Christ, the Bible that we have is just a collection of stories and history. Without the resurrection of Christ, we can literally put the Bible down and don't even consider it as a standard of how we should live our lives. Without the resurrection of Christ, whatever prophecies that is found concerning a new heaven and new earth, we can take it all and throw it away. The resurrection of Christ makes the Bible that we have worth believing in. The resurrection of Christ makes the Bible our guide. It makes it our weapon. The resurrection of Christ makes the Bible our foundation of faith. The resurrection of Christ makes the Bible come alive with hope of redemption for humanity. It makes us have hope of restoration for a broken world. Church, that is why we believe in the Word of God. It is because of Jesus. It is because of the resurrected Christ. And that leads us to our final question of the day. You know, we talk about the Bible. We talk about what makes the Bible the Word of God. And of course, there should always be a response from us to the Word of God. So how should I respond to the Word of God? How should I respond to the Word of God on a daily basis? How should we, all of us, respond to the Word of God in our lives? And I want to leave with us three things to consider. And the first one is that we need to have fresh eyes for the Word of God. We need to have fresh eyes for the Word of God. Wouldn't it be great if you and I, we could see Scripture in a new way, in an exciting, I've never seen that before kind of way? Imagine if we were to look at the Word of God every day with fresh eyes. Just like how we look at an object, say for instance, we look at a potted plant, okay? Uh, if, if we were to look at it uh, from a different angle, if we were to look at it from different perspective or from different eye level, we would see different things. You know, on one angle, we will be able to see the branch of the butter plant. On another angle, we will be able to see the type of flower that grows on the plant. Uh, on another angle, we will be able to see how wide the plant grows. And so, likewise, when we look at the Word of God with fresh eyes. We will see scripture in a fresh way as the Holy Spirit leads us and teaches us. And, church, I truly believe that we can read the same scripture, the same passage, over and over and over again, and each time the Holy Spirit will have something new to say to us. Because Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 tells us the Word of God is a life and it is. Active for the word of God is alive, it is active, it is not stagnant, it is not stale, it can speak into our everyday lives if we allow it to do so. And church, for us to look at scripture with fresh eyes, we must first learn to develop the habit of fresh eyes. And one of the ways to cultivate the habit is to have a mindset, to have a perspective that there is always something new that the Bible can teach us. It's to have that mindset. You know, my youth pastor, Pastor Willard, I'm not sure if he remembers this, uh, in one of our conversations many, many years ago, he says that no matter who is preaching, no matter who is teaching, no matter what the lesson is about, whether we feel it is boring or dry, there is always something we can learn from the Word of God, always. And I remember it so clearly until today. And that conversation has helped me to have a posture of always being open, to have fresh eyes to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to me through His Word. And friends, you and I, we cannot have a mindset that we have already seen it all, we have heard it all. Because friends, if I can just be frank with all of us here, that is just plain pride. You know, sometimes people do come up to me and tell me, hey, Pastor, you no, know, I've heard the sermon before. La. Ay, pastor, I've read that passage of Scripture before. Ayah, nothing new. La. So boring, la, Pastor. Sienna, sienna. Huh? Well, perhaps, perhaps. But are we living it out since we say that we already know the Word? Are we living the Word of God out since we say we already know the Word. Are we being changed? Are we being transformed by the Word of God to be more like Christ each day? And so church, having fresh eyes for Scripture may be easier for some people. For others, it may require more effort. But nevertheless, we have to be intentional about having fresh eyes. It doesn't happen overnight we got to be intentional about it. In fact, I would say we got to position our lives in a posture of humility, in a posture of teachability to the Holy Spirit so that whenever we look to the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will nudge us in our heart. Hey, this is for you. Hey, this passage is for your season, for your situation right now. And so number one, how we respond to the Word of God? We respond with fresh eyes. Number two, as we read the Word of God, or as we hear the Word of God, number two, we respond by surrendering our hearts to Him. We respond by surrendering our hearts to God. Now, church, now, oftentimes, or rather all the time in Scripture, the word heart is used to refer to the person's entire being, and not just the physical heart, you know, not just the jantung, okay? Uh, it, the, whenever the word heart is used in the Bible, it usually indicates a person's physical, emotional, intellectual, and moral being. okay, So whenever we look at Scripture, our response is to always surrender our lives to Him. Why? Because Scripture shows us who we are and who we need to be. Scripture shows us who we are and who we need to be. The Bible oftentimes will challenge our carnal nature. And the Bible will call us to deny ourselves and to take up our cross. The Bible calls us to throw off our old self and to put on the new, which is in Christ. Again, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double aged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrows. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And church, when we read the Word of God, it should cause us to want to surrender our lives to God. Because the reality is this, none of us here can say, that we are already 100% like Christ. As long as we still have breath on earth, none of us can say that we are 100% already like Christ and we no longer need to surrender our lives to Christ anymore. None of us. Not even the pastors, the leaders, the board members, none of us. I know I need to surrender my life to God on a daily basis. I know I need... to. His Word to show me where I need to grow, the selfish attitudes that I have, and what needs changing. I know I need to learn how to live in His freedom and to walk in the authority that God has given me through His Word. And the Bible, the Word of God, does that for all of us. And this morning, I wonder... What area in our lives that God is calling us to surrender today? I wonder what is the Holy Spirit nudging on your heart in this season of your life? Perhaps you have been reading the Word of God these past few days or even these past few weeks and the same thing keeps popping up over and over. Church, Maybe the Holy Spirit is trying to get your attention. Maybe the Holy Spirit is wanting to deal with in a certain area of your life. And if I can be honest with all of us this morning, you know, sometimes when I read the Bible, or you know, I would come or I would come to a certain passage. I would think to myself, eh? Ah yeah, this Bible passage ah, quite quite lah for so and so. Ah yeah, this passage uh ah, would be so suitable for this person who's going through this situation. Aiyah, so ngam la. Aiyah, so ngam la That this person's attitude needs to be changed, you know. Aiyah. If only that person is here to read this passage now. Aiyah, so ngam, so ngam. And then you forward that passage to that person, you know that kind of thing. Uh, I, I know I know some of you are agreeing with me. Mm, yes, yes, I'm doing that. Yes, I've done that. Huh? Uh, but church, I'm reminded today know that whenever we look at the Word of God, whenever we read the Word of God or we, whenever we hear the Word of God, we receive it for ourselves. We give space for the Holy Spirit to deal with us. And definitely, we don't ever use it as bullets to shoot someone because that's not how the Word of God works. Remember, the Word of God is redemption and restoration. And so, church, imagine with all of us here, if we were to learn to look at the Word of God for ourselves, putting away our selfish pride, to put away all our ego, and allow the Holy Spirit to shape us and to mold us, can you imagine what type of church we would be? I definitely believe we would be the bride of Christ. That Jesus so desires of us. And church, we look at the word with fresh eyes, we surrender our hearts to Him, we surrender our lives to Him. And lastly, even as I invite the worship team to come, we walk with obedient hands and feet. We walk with obedient hands. And feed. You know, whenever we see or whenever we hear the Word of God, we internalize it ourselves, we surrender our lives to Him and we live it out. We don't just surrender our lives and then do nothing about it. We live it out. We walk in obedience to His Word. We show others God's redemption plan for mankind and His restoration work for the world. And we live a life that is transformed by the Holy Spirit and that is saturated by the Word of God. You know, church, too often have I seen people responding to a message to, in, a, in a church service. They come up to the front. You know, they get touched by God. But then when they walk out the door, their lives are not changed. They go on carrying that pride in them they go on being stubborn in their ways and it breaks my heart to see this happening because church i truly believe whenever we are open to god in our lives when we truly surrender our hearts to him there must be a transformation there has to be a transformation in James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25, it says this Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forget what he looks like. But whoever looks intently in the perfect law that gives freedom, in the Word of God that gives life and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And I love the last verse. In another translation, in the Passion Translation, I'm going to read to you all. Verse 25 says this, But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all that they do. Church, when we respond to the truth of God's word, when we lift it up, we are strengthened by it. And we experience God's blessing in all that they do and this morning I just want to close with one more passage which I don't have on the screen Psalms chapter 1 verse 1 he says blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers verse 2 but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night that person is like a tree Planted by streams of water Which yields its fruit in season And whose leaf does not wither, Whatever they do prospers Church, this is a sure guarantee This is not me saying This is the Bible This is the Word of God That is alive and active And He's saying to us today if we were to get ourselves rooted into his word if we were to dig ourselves into his word and if we were to follow all that he says in his word the bible tells us that we will be blessed the bible tells us that we will prosper in every season doesn't matter what storms comes our way we will be like a tree that's its leaf doesn't wither amen amen And church, this morning, as we are focusing on discipleship this year, can I just encourage all of us for 2020, can we really get into the Word of God? Can we begin to dig into the Word of God more? You know, I know some people struggle with reading, but with technology, with the Bible app that we have nowadays, we can actually play the Bible app and the Bible app will read the passage of scripture to us. And so there's no excuse for any one of us to say that, hey, I cannot get into the Word of God. And so this morning, can I challenge all of us? Let us be changed by the Word of God. As we get into His Word, we will see God's presence clearly evident in our lives we will begin to have fresh eyes to see God's hand at work in us. We will begin to see clear directions from God. Then we will see His plans, we will see His purposes. And so this year for 2020, let us make the commitment for personal revival. For personal revival. Before revival has happened into a, in the lives of other people, it has to happen in our own lives. And so church this morning let's come before god and say god i want to grow in you god i want to see something changing in my life church if you have been coming sunday after sunday and you've seen your life just being the same the mundane routines that you're going in can i encourage you would you dare to read the bible Would you dare to let the word of god speak in your life would you dare to surrender your hearts to him and allow the holy spirit to show you his good plans to show you direction to rebuke us to correct us to make us his people and so church today let us make that fresh commitment to the lord even as the worship team come and leads us in a song in response